Welcome to this edition of the Eric Squared Circle Podcast. We're here at episode 25 here on March 28th, 2020, Saturday afternoon. Saturday's for the boys, and I'm here with my esteemed colleague and my boy, Eric Robinson. How you doing today, sir? Hashtag Ferda, buddy. Hashtag Sorry, Ferda. I'm a Letterkenny guy. You know that. Hashtag Ferda. I've only seen yep. two episodes of Letterkenny, to be completely honest. And I Only two. think I'm going to have to put subtitles on it. It's kind of hard to understand what they're saying. Oh, it's absolutely a must. You can't watch that show without subtitles. It's it's literally impossible to watch Letterkenny without subtitles. Please do not try to watch Letterkenny without subtitles if you've attempted to this watch Letterkenny without subtitles. Public notice. Do not watch Letterkenny without subtitles. Period. Yeah, friends don't let friends. Friends do not let friends watch Letterkenny without subtitles. But this is exciting. Again, my name is Eric Ozio with my esteemed colleague Eric Robinson here on episode 25 of the Eric Square Circle podcast. I can just hear the cheering in the back of my apartment in my bedroom and I can hear the cheering in my living Episode 25. And you can go back. episodes. If you are now a first-time listener on our show of episode 25, we strongly encourage you to reach out to us. We will give you a shout-out on our show. We will probably acknowledge everything that you say about us and the show and what you think and yeah. any advice you give uh, and just let you know you are a full-time friend forever a show. So that's just something that – it's like a tattoo. You can never get rid of it. Um, and No matter how much you want to try. It's still going to be a part of you there. We're going to be there. And we want to remind yes. you we, – well, we just want to tell you that – if you want to go on YouTube and check out the Eric Squared Circle podcast, we have all of our 2020 episodes, which I think equals out to about seven, eight episodes. You can check out on YouTube. Strongly encourage you to do that and let us know what you think. Subscribe. Please Hit do. the bell. The bell. Uh, the bell. It'll just notify you when we put new content up on YouTube. And with everything going on in the world, a lot of times you have to stick in and stay in and you Maybe you're getting sick and tired of all the shows on Netflix and Hulu and Disney Plus and whatever plus there is. Turn off the TV, turn on your podcast app, and give us a listen. Yeah, indulge a little bit. We're I'd like to think that we're some pretty pretty entertaining dudes, you know? I'd say maybe one more than the other, but yeah, absolutely. And oh, how wrestling, kind of you, man. wrestling itself is amazing. The art frame. It really art frame. Is. Art frame? The framework art and the form. artwork. The art form. There you go. The talent, the technicality, your creativity. Everything it gets a bad it. rap from so many different people, and we've gotten it from close friends for years on the the stigma with wrestle with wrestling. And I hate it. I hate it, but at the same time I respect their opinion because I respect other forms of entertainment just as much as they disrespect our enjoyment of wrestling. But again, look out for new content going live on Facebook more often this year, 2020. More stuff on YouTube for videos, especially for mating a season. Meeting it coming up next weekend. Episode 25! And and let's let's be entirely honest here. What else in the world can make you laugh, make you cry, make you want to throw your remote at your television, make you want to kick your next door neighbor for something you see go wrong on a Monday night, makes you want to uh, 
you know, cringe and with embarrassment at, at a, at a botched move. I mean, wrestling fills all those voids. And right now, you know, it, it is the one entertainment, uh, property that is still, you know, putting out new episodes every single week. Episodic, the longest episodic running television programming. They've got the two longest now at this point. And they're the only ones that'll still bring content and can still perform in front of an empty crowd. Well, a non-existing crowd. And further a storyline and further booking developments. You can't do that, unfortunately. You know, we lost the NCAA tournament this year. We're losing Uh, the opening day. Pour a little out. Opening day, oh. we're losing all the baseball until, who knows, it was supposed June, to be Thursday. Uh, yeah, it was supposed to be opening day on Thursday. Um, we should be watching Amir Garrett throwing some fastballs down the pipe right now. But they'd actually probably be rained out right now, honestly, because it's hard. And it's going pretty hard. But yeah, it's pretty all gross. these things that we can't have because of all the things that are going on in the world, we still got wrestling, wrestling wrestling we do we do we do and you can uh, listen to you know, us talk about wrestling for an hour or so every week for the rest of your life yeah so uh part of part of something we're gonna give give a try here something new we're gonna switch it up a little bit uh eric you like reddit yeah i i i have reddit it's enjoyable you you you're known to to partake i cannot disclose my name on Reddit, but I do partake. Yes, that's okay. That's okay. We you you can you can keep it 100 percent anonymous. It's totally fine. Yeah, yeah, but that's uh, that's what I like about it. That's what I like about yeah. it. I can keep it anonymous, but I'm still very respectful. Um, I try to reason with people, not attack their personality. Um, so yeah, no. Basically, what I was just gonna say is we got a new segment that we want to we want to start incorporating into our show here, and it's just kind of our our Reddit finds each week. And uh, something cool I came across here is a uh, a uh, gif of a match between Io Shirai and Kyrie Sane. Uh, looks like it was uh, from Stardom uh, a few years ago when they were both there, and it, it's like a locomotion uh, German suplex series of German suplexes that Io Shirai is. Uh, delivering to Kyrie saying um we're going to go ahead and post this link to our um to our x squared circle facebook page where you can follow along with everything that we that we find uh we're gonna gonna pick something out that sticks out to us each week uh on the interwebs especially on reddit these days and uh this was a this is a pretty cool sequence so if anybody has not seen any old school eo shirai Kyrie saying uh this is a little little teaser for you i love it Check out our page. We put up random funny things. We put up random wrestling matches. I did check out our Darby Allen versus, oh my gosh, it was uh, Velveteen Dream. Dream. I was going to say it. It was coming to me. Now you know how it feels. <sighs> Unbelievable. It was a very good match. Uh, when was that match again? Uh, the match was a couple of years ago. Um, this I mean, is this the, was the, early on in Velveteen's was... NXT run. Yeah, I mean it was it was very much pre AEW, um, just because Darby Allen was was uh, on the the Vice documentary that they did on Evolve a few years back, and um, there is a working relationship between Evolve and WWE. So yeah, the, we uh, with with the with the Rona, you know, continuing its rest hold and keeping us all locked up uh, in our houses right now. We're trying to, you know, just just float some matches out there every every now and again for people to enjoy, especially if you're 
if you're on quarantine and and you know running out of things to to organically watch, we we want to help you guys out with that. And Original to... content here. We're just a couple of guys from Southwest Ohio that love yeah. wrestling. We love a lot of other things, and we'll talk about other things, but we want to focus on wrestling. Case in point, I mean, we did you know give the PSA: you don't watch Letter Kenny without without subtitles. Exactly. I don't see why you would. I only watched yeah. the two episodes. It's it's very silly. Now I gotta say, uh, I gotta say, if we're being honest, I got I I miss our our old venue, uh, Three Points. You know, with the with the Rona, we can't get down there to to enjoy the company of of it's our our favorite our a, favorite been almost a brewery month. staff and yeah, I'm I'm going nuts here. I wouldn't mind just looking silly to people in the bar. If they look at me, that's fine. I just want to drink and. Right. Sit outside, maybe go get some fresh air, especially since it's so nice now. It's like the weather's actually starting to turn into spring. It's raining above, yeah. but it's still warm. Went for a run this morning, just saying. I did do nice. that. And, Very uh, cool. Yeah. No, I, it hurt. It hurt a little, but it felt. It also felt good. felt good. felt right. And the, you get those spring smells. You know, you get those smells of spring, certain trees, yeah. that one that smells really nasty, but you love it because you know it's yep. spring's coming. Love that smell. And the wind is just so warm, blowing on, blowing yeah, on my it's, face. It's, it's nice uh, and warm out today, but, you know, that's, little, I I, I want to get out and do stuff and be outside more, but I also, like, for me, I love to be able to do be outside and enjoy the beautiful weather with people I love and people I love to spend time with and just... right. Giving them a hug and telling them I love them. Give them a little yeah, shoulder it's, it's nudge. The, it's a little no, thing. I got to right distance now and myself and I got to yeah. be friends with this wall. Oh, hello, Mr. Wall. I won't hurt you, I promise. How you doing, buddy? Stroke the fuzzy wall. Fuzzy wall. There Stroke you go. the fuzzy wall. It's not Thank fuzzy. Thank you. I don't have a fuzzy wall. It's just painted. It's just, yeah. I got a banner from my. From my beloved Who Day over here. Hey guys. Yeah, stroke stroke the Bengals banner. Stroke my Bengals banner. I love it. I, I pet it. I love on it. I've had me and this banner have gone through some he hard times. He loves hard on it. We've been through some hard times together, trust me. Well, all of us have. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. You know. Yeah. We can talk about that another time. Maybe never. But it's okay. It's okay. Buddy, we are exactly seven days away from WrestleMania. WrestleMania. Can you believe it? They're going to make history this year. This is this is a legacy-defining WrestleMania here. You realize that, right? Because they they are going to break so many records this year that the record the amount of records that they break is going to be a record. Okay, this is going to be they're they're going to set the attendance record this year. That's a given. Yeah, the attendance. How many people? Will be a solid yeah. zero. Yeah, so that's 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 one record. This is the first WrestleMania to to take place over two nights. Uh, this is the actually I really think that might be only the only two there. So, oh, this is the first WrestleMania that is not live. As far as we know, everything's in the can already. Um, just given the stay-at-home orders that are now in effect, in effect for the uh, the state of Florida, yeah. Yeah, Elect. it happens like that. You know, collect. I like to call him out for it. His botches, baby. He's a botch, baby. Botch, please. Botch, please. Merch. Yeah. Merch that. Merch it up. Oh, yeah. For sure. And we like to, like, 
maybe just a little quibbit in here. We will be coming up with some merch here this year. That is something that we are striving to do yeah. here. If you have ideas for merch, please send us some stuff our way. And, uh, yeah, I know I've got a couple things on the brain right now that we're setting up to do. Oh, yeah. Um, get this thing rolling. We want to get merch. merch. Gonna be, and, yeah, again, gonna we want to. It's going to be a great year. In the essence of merch, obviously, with we've mentioned this on previous shows, wrestlers in the industry, indie wrestling especially, they don't have the opportunity to go get paid and do matches with everything getting shut down. Obviously, we see the big the big boys in WWE and AEW and Junior Japan able to continue doing shows. Get out there and get some merch. Just a shirt here or there, too. It'll help out a bunch. It's, it's funny you mentioned that, and, uh, and and I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I was done. Um, okay. Cool. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it definitely as far as the indies go, you know, supporting supporting local wrestlers, if, if you're not really sure where to look as far as, uh, you know, where to where to get merch, I mean, I know a lot of us are, are kind of tuned into that, but if you're if you're new to the world of wrestling or don't, you know, haven't haven't necessarily ventured out to, to buy any merchandise yet, that's that's not WWE. Um, ProWrestlingTees.com is is definitely the the number one spot. I mean, you're gonna find you know, everything for AEW, definitely um, New Japan, um, MLW, Ring of Honor. I mean, you name it. All the all, you know, a lot of wrestlers have their pages here, and and you know, even wrestlers for promotions that you may not have heard of. I mean, you know, even even the local promotions in your town or, or wherever it is that you live. Um, yeah, like, like, like Ozio said, support them, you know, with, with dates getting canceled, people are trying to find ways to, you know, continue to do what it is that they love. Um, you know, the, the Rona's got everybody in a chokehold right now, um, wrestling included and, and hopefully we're, we're getting back to normal sooner rather than later. But in the meantime, if you, if you do have an ability to support, um, you know, definitely do, uh, we definitely, we, we try to you know, post links to, to merchandise and matches so that you can get to know people and see, you know, how hard these, these men and women work to, you know, to entertain and provide a, a quality product. And a lot of that is by, you know, by, by buying their merch. So if you've got the ability to do so, you know, we, we are going to continue to, to, you know, post that information and those links on our social media. Right on, man. Everybody's feeling it and it's now reached even your good friend Eric Ozio, I have been reached in this Rona that you like to call it virus. I am sorry, buddy. Laid off from my job, so now all I do is talk about wrestling and do other stuff. I do other stuff besides that, besides just watch and talk about wrestling. Yeah. Fall down seven times, stand up eight, buddy. I'll be all right, man. I I'll. You will. Wick Flair had to lose the championship. 15 times to win it 16 times so and then ended up losing it a 16th time obviously but the point is i will bounce back just like all of the fantastic talent out there this country will bounce back and i am determined nay resolved to do everything i can to make sure we can bring you this show and i can work as hard as i can doing it and at my job when I get it back, because I will. It's nice to hear him so excited. I'm half a bud uh, like yeah, in, buddy. I'm half a bud in, so you know I'm going crazy. Is that all it takes? No, but, I mean, I was joking, mostly. Are you, though? I don't think he is. You tell us. Let us know your thoughts. Eric Squared Circle, gmail.com. Do you think I am drunk? 
after one half of a of a bud. That's not what I accused you of. I'm asking. That's me asking the people. I'm asking. Oh, okay. I'm not asking you there. I want to take that in quotations. That's to the people, to the wrestling people, or just you know our family and friends. People. We hey we we I'd like to think that there are people listening to our show. You know. I like to think that too. They're out there. They're out out there. there. Give us a shout. Yeah. Yeah. Please do. You know. Leave reviews, like, subscribe. You know, this is this is what uh, this is what we do. This is what we're about. This is how we this is how we do it. This is how we do it. Montel would be proud. But w- you were thinking about something, and I love competition. I haven't had a bit of competition lately. Ah, uh, so you got my memo. Okay, cool. So we can start this weekend. Not this weekend. Next weekend. Because we will have to do an awesome WrestleMania pre-show. Do our predictions. It's a week. WrestleMania is in a week, man. Seven days. I know. Seven. I know. And we will bring you another show pre. We'll bring you an episode here pre-show. Get it out to you before the start of WrestleMania next weekend. Um, Get a chance to do that. Who knows? Maybe we should just pre-tape it like everybody else is. Eric and I. Me and Eric, Mr. Eric, that is, are going to have a little competition through the rest of 2020 for whatever whatever pay-per-views we can get in 2020. So we know that we're getting WrestleMania, at least, Yes. at the Performance Center. We know we're going to get potentially All Out or something like that in an empty arena. We'll see. SummerSlam will probably still happen. We're going to do a record keeping of who has the best record of picks throughout each pay-per-view throughout the year. So it's going to be a total combined record of the pay-per-view added together on each pay-per-view throughout the year between the two hosts, Eric and Eric, with the first Eric being the best Eric. But which Eric am I talking about? You don't know. We'll find out. So, yeah, we want to do the head-to-head, becomes champion, and maybe the winner you know, just gets to bask in his glory and the loser can... What do you think? Here's the thing. I I have a pretty awesome prize for the winner of of this competition, and uh, I I don't want to reveal it just yet. We're we're not ready for it. You're not ready for it. But when you are ready, you'll know. You'll know. You're just not ready right now. I'm ready. No, you're not. I you know what I'm know ready. Yet. I was born you ready. Just don't, you don't know it yet. Moving on, we will do that, and we're going to start this week when we, cre- when we bring you episode 26, the WrestleMania pre-show. Spectacular. We will have <laughs> to start just a running Google Drive document, to, or should we do a spreadsheet? I don't know. I'm a nerd. Dude, I, we Docker got spreadsheets. spreadsheets. We got spreadsheets. Spreadsheets, yes. No, hold on. No. Yeah, we got Google Sheets, bro. We got Sheets, bro. We'll start that up. And again, if you have any suggestions and if you want to get in on this and if you actually have a better record than either Eric and Eric, you probably should be doing the show instead of us because you're smarter than us and you know more than us. So please give us your take on each pay-per-view coming up. We're going to start putting it on our podcast page on Facebook. 
No, that actually that's not a bad idea, E. If if you know, I know that's why if I there, said it. I I think that you know we we could probably come up with uh, some prizes or two to to people that submit their predictions to us. So when it comes to pay per views and and who knows, maybe we'll do a drawing for a pro wrestling tees gift card. How's that sound? If you like pro wrestling tees, you should definitely listen to the Eric Squared Circle podcast, baby. Yes, sir. I Believe like me, it. I mean there. We're going to keep a track there record. Yeah. And honestly, if you don't start listening to our show, say maybe this summer, and we've already had a couple pay-per-views, we can take that potential overall percentage, correct percentage, winning percentage, if you will, and see if it compares with us and if it's better than ours. Honestly, let's get you uh, let's get you hooked up. So please join in. We'll put your name down in our, in our records. Get your picks out there and submit them for each records. single pay-per-view. Let's get this thing going. I want to do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god. Let's do it. Yeah. Moving on. Talk some wrestling. Let's talk a little dark side of the ring. Oof. Has anybody been checking this stuff out here? I did check out, I will say, I finally did watch the first episode of the Chris Benoit Dark Side of the Ring. Okay. Very, very good. Did you watch season one? I have I've only seen parts of it. I've only seen parts of it. Yeah. I've only seen that episode fully all the way through. Sure. Because I don't okay. get the Vice channel. Yeah. Um, and, and you know, for everybody out there listening, what's pretty cool is uh, Vice generally puts, uh, the they end up, as far as the episodes of Dark Side of the Ring, they end up on YouTube uh, a little bit earlier than, um, than when they're broadcast. So the entire first season of Dark Side of the Ring, um, which has everything from Randy and Liz to the Von Erics to uh, Bruiser Brody, uh, season two is now uh, up and running, and and like he said, first two episodes uh, were about Chris Benoit, and my God, um, you know that that is one of the that's probably one of the most heartbreaking things we're gonna see about one of the most infamous moments in the history of pro wrestling. Um, I wouldn't say you know, I know one of, you, I'd say the the most unfortunate. So. Um, you know, I, I know that you have not necessarily watched part two yet, um, but you know, we can certainly talk about as much of this, you know, well, we can, um, you know, I don't want to, you know, play spoilers for you, but I think that, you know, this, this is, this is the documentary. I think that everybody has wanted on this topic for a very long time, just because it has been so shrouded in mystery. Um, WWE virtually wiping Benoit from the record books um, as, as far as they are concerned and, you know, essentially becoming a, a, uh, the, the name Benoit is a, is is you know one shrouded in com- controversy and and is is essentially blackballed and we're definitely going to come back to just the lasting impact of having that last name here in a little bit. Um, but you know, t- take me through. Actually, let's 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 step back a bit. Um, Two thousand seven. You know what what did you think about all of this when when all of this initially kind of came out? 2007, I wasn't really watching much wrestling. You know, that's my senior year. Going into my senior year of high school, football is yeah, you know, huge into football. It consumes your life when you're playing for the school that I played for. And uh, so, I mean, I heard about it, and I was like, you know, what? How did this happen? Why did this happen? I thought it was like a murder at first. Like, they were all murdered. And then come to find out later on, obviously, that... Chris Benoit had killed his 
wife and child, I was like, well, I mean, was he on drugs? Was he was he a psycho? Like a complete psychopath? Like what was he a, like? You know, I didn't I didn't know any of these takes from you know his colleagues and his bosses and his friends that he's a very just reserved, nice person. Like he always was just very yeah. quiet, very polite, nice, and just. But he, when he was in the ring, he was just a psycho. He was a complete psychopath. And then, you know, obviously it comes out years later about the CTE and his brain swelling and having the brain of an 80-year-old man. Um, all this playing into it, I think it was just massive, massive depression coped with brain a brain that is not functioning the way it should be functioning at all. Hindsight's twenty twenty, but I initially thought yeah, and, and were, I like they all were murdered. Yeah, and and you know, and at the time, I definitely thought the same thing. I mean, you know, when you're kind of reading WWE's website, and I, I think that I had learned about it. Um, I think maybe fifteen twenty minutes before Raw went on the air. I mean, just because you know we're we're kind of in that. Yeah, you know, we're in the we're in the internet age, but not necessarily in social media or you know um, anything like that. So you know, kind of just checking last minute previews and stuff for for Raw, and um, you know, for that to be the headline, it was just kind of like, wow, what what's what's going on? And um, you know, for this to be you know a, a a Chris Benoit tribute show, and and the fact that you know this 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 incident wiped away what was probably going to become one of the most bananas, you know, Tiger King-esque storylines we'd seen in wrestling history as far as, you know, the week before we saw Vince McMahon get blown up in a limousine and they were going to play it out as a whodunit and Vince McMahon faking his death and, and all that stuff. And, you know, it, it would have been cool to see how that how that played out, but, you know, we, we'll never know um, because we find ourselves having to you know mourn benoit a guy that you know people kind of thought in the you know you know everybody thought hall of famer you know without a without a doubt um based on everything he had done in wwe and just the the sheer we literally are only looking what he's done in the ring yes can block out everything that's happened outside of it because other wrestlers have done bad things and we're we are very aware of this as longtime wrestling fans i mean and, and the thing is when you look at the current He's a Hall of Famer. You know, Hall of Fame. Yeah, if we yeah. if we look at the current list of Hall of Famers that have you know questionable things in their background, I mean, um, you know, and, and, and just being perfectly objective, Jimmy Superfly Snuka yeah, and Stone Cold Steve Austin allegedly they can't prove it. So what's it with you know, Stone Cold? I'm, I'm, Tell me about that. Uh, so you know, back when he was married to Deborah, there were some issues about domestic violence, and mm. and uh, you know, I believe he played, I, if I recall correctly, uh, you know, played no contest on some charges, and and uh, you know, it, there there's, you know, there there was no attempt to scrub Austin from the Hall of Fame or anything like that. Um, mm. You know, Hulk Hogan, obviously, with the the Gawker lawsuit, you know, finding yeah. him losing his place in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you know, it, it's it's a very sub because that's the thing WWE Hall of Fame is, is subjective it it, it basically it, it's a marketing campaign that gets tied into their biggest show of the year that's not to say that that that's not to disrespect the Hall of Fame or anything like that and there are absolutely people that deserve you know 
those spots. It's the highest of honors, and I'm I'm not knocking it. It's one of my favorite parts about WrestleMania weekend. You know, there. So, you know, it, it's it's not shade or anything like that at all. But, um, when it when it comes to the Hall of Fame, it is subjective because there are, there are people that that should be in it based on what they've done and what they've contributed to wrestling that just aren't. Um, and there's any variety of reasons, um, you know, as to why people aren't going into the Hall of Fame. I mean, there there are a couple of names that come to mind. First name is Miss Elizabeth. Second name is Owen Hart. I mean, the, that that's, you know, if, if you, you know, if, if your life in wrestling is cut short under controversial circumstances, they're going to avoid it as best they can. Chris Benoit will never be a WWE Hall of Famer, as unfortunate as that is. Um, you know, that's that's for the best. Uh, because it would only be about what happened that weekend in 2007 and not about all of the awesome stuff that he did. Um, and who, I mean, when you think about who would, like, introduce him, who would speak for him. You know, David, his son. Um, yeah, still, I mean, that's putting him in. He's not a great speaker. I watched his interview with Chris Van Vliet and he gets it out. Like he gets his point across, but again, it's sure speaking and, on that kind of thing in front of that many people that knew his father way better than he did. It'd be extremely difficult. And, and the thing is, you know, let's say just for the sake of this hypothetical. Yeah. Benoit goes in the hall of fame tomorrow. He's part of the 2020 class. How many people are real? I mean, th- that would be sure to turn into pure calamity. I mean, we saw what happened to Bret Hart last year at the uh, Hall oh of Fame God. ceremony, yeah. and that was that was the first time they had tried that setup as right. far as using the ring as the stage and and you know trying to speed it along. So if we got that from a guy, you know, and and I'm I'm not the biggest Bret Hart fan in the world by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, if we can look objectively at everything he's done in wrestling and, and his status as an, an icon in wrestling, and that can happen to him, and he d- hasn't been controversial in the same aspect as Chris Benoit, th- th- there'd be a field day if they ever decided that they wanted to go the route of of making that induction choice. It's just it's just not wise. Um, you know, but with, with Dark Side of the Ring, and I, I think that, you know, and... and I, everybody's got had their moments as far as watching this documentary and came away with something they didn't know about Eddie or Chris, you know, um, in these, you know, final years of their lives. I had no idea that Benoit, you know, was in that same hotel and came down to the hotel room, sees Eddie and, and just loses it. I, that, that was one thing I just had never known. Here we are, you know, 15 years later and I'm just so surprised that something like that had not come out before you know yeah I mean the information in the early 2000s 2000 the the 20 oct the 20 ox or whatever you want to call them it wasn't as streamlined and as fast it is now and especially with wrestling in particular it's just ever since then they, I feel like, keep a very close look and psycho- psychological evaluation of all their talent. So it's something that hopefully is getting spurned in the butt. Because, I mean, it wasn't just Benoit going back uh, that had issues with substance abuse and had issues mentally that were attributed partly from wrestling. 
that people that end up taking their own lives are just dying young. I mean, they didn't do anything to the extent that he did, obviously. No one that I can remember murdering anybody because of what's happened to them in the ring, but mental illness is real. But and and that's and that's the thing about Benoit too is it was not I don't I don't necessarily think that it's fair to call it a substance abuse issue per se. I think that for Benoit the fact that he he was found with the brain of an 85-year-old person with Alzheimer's, I mean, that's repeated blows to the head. That's years of untreated concussions. That is years of the show must go on. That's years of and, and they said it in the in part two of the documentary. Um, Harley Race invented the flying headbutt and was doing it for years, and it messed his back up. And he tried to tell Dynamite Kid, Tom Billington, you know, if you keep doing this, you're going to end up with a bad back like me. I mean, Dynamite was in a wheelchair for, for most of the final years of his life, and Chris Benoit, flying headbutt, and, you know, that's what happened to him. You know, the repeated blows. I mean, the WWE history used to be filled with shots of Benoit taking unprotected blows to the head. Like, I mean, think of some of just the most bananas headshots that Chris Benoit has ever taken. Um, I, I watched, uh, you know, since since we're, we're on that quarantine life, I watched the... Iron Man match between Benoit and Triple H 2004 um, Raw July 26th World Heavyweight title 60 minute Iron Man match and you know midway through the match you know Evolution distracting Benoit in the ring Triple H just blasts him from behind steel chair straight to the back of the head neck shoulders and just crumbles face first I mean that's that's always one of those chair shots that just sticks out in my mind and, and has you know essentially you know since uh you know since his passing it's just it's it it it's crazy um you know what a what a polarizing figure Benoit became and how you know people like Benoit and and probably the best thing that could have come out of this documentary is the the story about Nancy and you know, kind of taking this as the opportunity to to re-reflect on her legacy in the wrestling business and the trail that she blazed and that her, her life and her career was more than being married to Chris Benoit and unfortunately being a victim that weekend. Um you know, it, it same thing with, with Benoit, you know, it, it, it would be nice to, you know, praise and laud Nancy for her, her accomplishments in the, in the wrestling business because there were plenty, but you know, you could, no matter whether you say Nancy Benoit, whether you say Nancy Sullivan, whether you call her woman, she's always just going to be known as Nancy Benoit, no matter what you, no matter what you call her. And, you know, that's, that's unfortunate. That's unfortunately, it's it just, it's an unfortunate situation. And I am just so glad that we finally got a documentary on this. And later in the season we get Owen Hart. So we're going to have a deep dive on, on that one as well. Um, e, any final thoughts on, on dark side of the ring Benoit edition? I just think obviously, Massive criticism for 
what actually happened. No one that is close that was close to Chris Benoit and his family condones anything like that. They appreciated who he was as a person and what he did in the ring and what he did in his in his vocation. So they are just separating it. So for people that are just saying that they're trying to glorify a murderer, they're just glorifying his career and everything that they appreciated that they learned from him as a wrestler. And it unfortunately took a very dark turn. And no one is ever condoning what happened in any possible way. But we also understand all the attributing factors that went into it. We put, as fans and as responsible adults, we put the blame on Chris for not reaching out and getting help because he was so introverted and he was so inside himself. And that, you know, that's who he was as a person. And basically, the, the WWE and what he sustained as a wrestler had massive implications on what happened. I think the WWE definitely should not take ownership of what happened, but should feel a bit of uh, responsibility, in my opinion, accountability to what happened and to what's happened to many people um, for what they what they're what they're giving up in terms of their physical well-being for something for the fans for the, this massive company to make a lot of money. And and I think that for me anyway, it just seems like we the the best comparison I can always come up with any time that this subject is discussed when it comes to pro wrestling because it's it's either. It's usually synonymous with the connotation of roid rage and um, and and uh, what 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 I don't want to see and and what shouldn't happen at least you know just kind of if we're if we're being objective is you know WWE yes I th- I think that there should be you know more attention highlighted on wrestler wellness in in the proper in the proper channels. Um, what I want to see more of out of them is um, a, a accountability. Um, it's something that, you know, it seems like only when they are put on the spot that they, you know, go into crisis or damage control mode. And, and I'd like to see them be a little bit more proactive. proactive. And I, yeah. yeah. And, and I think that, you know, they've, they've definitely kind of shifted their tone over the last couple of years. Um, it just, I think that in light of the Benoit, we're just looking at the Benoit incident in a vacuum here and kind of their response and everything that kind of went along with it. You know, those were even the mid two thousands were very different time for the, for the world of wrestling. Um, you know, seeing, the headshots and and um, you know the the switch to PG and 08 toned things down a bit, but the the deaths of Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit did have a you know they had a major impact on wrestling. Um, Eddie with the wellness policy, and then you know Benoit when it came to looking at at head trauma. Um, you know it's not something that you know like like this said in the show. It you know it's it's basically if it was you know taking a chair shot to the head was like a badge of honor. You tense up and you take it. And, you know, because we weren't able to see the effects of taking these types of shots, you know, over a long-term period of time until, until very recently, at least, um, you know, there, there was no way to know that that was what was going on. And, and that was, you know, what Benoit was experiencing, you know, and Taz is right. Every time he says it, it ain't ballet. It's, it's just not, you know, it's not for the faint of heart. And for, for those that, you know, 
for those that do it, I, I my hats off to them. I laud them. I applaud them. I mean, I've I've bumped around in the ring and and it's exhilarating, but it hurts. Um, you know, so just just all I can say is this documentary was was very well done. Um, I think that it's the most objective look that we are ever going to get into what happened that weekend. Um, and, and I'm just, I'm very excited for, for this season of dark side of the ring. It's, it's absolutely one of my favorites. And, you know, I, I, I welled up a bit watching the Benoit one, so I can't even imagine, um, how I'm going to feel when, when the Owen Hart one comes on later this, this season. Yeah. I'm closing out. <coughs> Chris Benoit and Eddie Guerrero were linchpins, pillars for how the WWE is now in the ring and how and how many wrestlers and talents have mimicked their less their style after those two guys. So many uh and so many especially the older guys appreciate what they did um in spite of everything that happened mostly obviously with Chris but yeah Great program. I'm looking forward to watching it uh, very soon because I'll probably watch everything that I can possibly watch within the next few weeks if I ever get to leave this place. Yeah, hashtag Rona Penitentiary. I mean, yeah, I might as well put me in jail. Yeah. Put, put me in jail. Yeah, I mean, you get some, you get some, you they get have, some sun. They have workout areas outside. there at least work out yeah but think about doing Tybo again just to you know get get something to be able to move around a little bit you know I went on a run today uh Good for you it was painful but I did it and uh I got I'm my 10 a runner my 10 pound dumbbells here that I do workouts with just 10 pounds on 10 pound two dumbbell 10 pound dumbbells it's nothing but I, I come up with stuff just got I've I've gained like six pounds since this started. It's really frustrating me. But hey, I love looking out the window. I never knew how much I love looking out windows, dude. Great. Like I'm looking out it, my window now. It's so beautiful. And that's the thing. I mean, we're not in, we're allowed to go out. You know, we we can go make essential trips. Um, one thing I thought would happen is that people would make any excuse to go make an essential trip just to get out of the house. So the grocery stores are like the new, you know, the new hotspot. You know, if, if Bumble and Hinge aren't working for you, you know, just go to Kroger. <laughs> or Remke or Publix or, you know, whatever your grocery chain is in your respective, respective community. Just make sure you stay six feet away. If you want six to make, feet, at least. make that conversation like, hey... How are you <laughs> while you're six feet away? Right. Can I help you with anything? Can I, I can't hand you anything or really reach anything for you, but I can stand Dude, did here. you watch Tiger King yet? Everyone keeps talking about this freaking Tiger King. No, I haven't watched this. Uh, oh, my gosh. <laughs> Everyone. If, if you if you have watched Tiger King, uh, definitely let us know your thoughts. Uh, on no spoilers since I haven't watched it, obviously. I think yeah, I will watch it, it eventually, it seems like. It seems like, I mean, it's, like he, it's like Bird Box. It's like that movie Bird Box, which I never actually saw. I, I didn't was see like Bird all Box about either. Bird Box. Yeah. I'm like, I never saw it. It didn't look good to me. But I like documentaries. Documentaries are good. 
least yeah, I didn't know what to expect, and and you know, obviously with with all the free time on her on her hands, my girlfriend's like, yeah. So uh, have you watched Ooh, Tiger your King girlfriend. yet? And, um, Ooh, your yeah. girlfriend. He's got a girlfriend, everybody. Yeah, she's kind of cool. You're cool. You're so you're so cheeky. <laughs> yeah, she's all right. She's cool. Anyway, oh uh, yeah, but uh, yeah. So she's like, yeah. Have you watched uh, Tiger King yet? And I'm like, nah. You know, I I figured, you know documentary I'd, I'd heard a little bit about it i didn't i i thought it was true crime and that's what i'd heard but it was like th- this just went beyond any any realm of comprehension that i ever thought that i would have for this i mean it was just everything about it was was bananas i mean case in point like if you really want a uh if, if you really want a recommendation or at least what i've what i've seen i've got a buddy i went to law school with that uh, you know goes from he and, his, he and his wife decided they're gonna gonna give it a shot and you know he I guess spent most of the first episode saying yeah because obviously that makes sense to everything that he's hearing you know on this you know on, on this show to after being done watching it calling it the most incredible story ever told by human beings so yeah you need to watch Tiger King we'll see. I'll uh, yeah. I'll figure it out. Okay, does that sound good? Does that sound fair? That's fine. That's that's cool. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. Now, Both folks, socks and wrestling. We only have about seven hundred and sixteen hours of memory left on our actual Audacity account, so we don't have a whole lot of time to tell you all this. Not <laughs> at all. It's of the essence. But we're in WrestleMania Go Home Week now. WrestleMania is going to be a seven two days part, two part event Saturday and Sunday. Next week, April sixth and the seventh, I believe. Yes. Check it Hosted out on the WWE Network. I hear that Rob the w- who would be hosting it. I hear that they are doing free for WrestleMania. Anybody can watch it if you log into the WWE Network. You get it completely for free. No, yeah. no uh, stipulations, and I and you have complete access to all WWE content during that time so, that you have WWE. So that's the thing, not not entirely, not entirely. Um it is WrestleMania. Uh there is all of the Broken Skull sessions. Um there's a documentary about uh FCW the training ground that later evolved into NXT um and a few other select items. Um but yeah, you the the biggest part of that is you will get you you have access to all 35 prior WrestleManias and I mean if if I mean, what what's not to love and take advantage about that? So if if you're if you're new to wrestling and you you know are kind of hearing about you know the biggest show of the year and kind of what's going on with it, well, this is definitely a good way to to get started. And and you know, I don't I don't know about you, E, but I like to I like to binge you know WrestleMania marathons and and you know enjoy WrestleMania matches just because we're we are in WrestleMania season and it's it's certainly the not the most ordinary WrestleMania season, that's for sure. Um, but you know, nevertheless, WWE is trucking ahead, and it continued with with Monday Night Raw this past week. Uh, kicked off the show with with Brock Lesnar and his advocate Paul Heyman. Um, re- uh, one thing I gotta I gotta you know give my my hats off to WWE for is they've really you know over the last couple of weeks of trying to adapt to a no audience environment they've they've definitely learned from you know 
learning from mistakes as far as their presentation. You know, it was the, the first couple of episodes we saw of this, you know, we saw the true empty arena where we're seeing seats and things like that. Um, you know, but later they add, add lights and finding other visuals to try to make for a better presentation and, you know, hats, hats off to him for sure. And this was, this was no different. I mean, you know, Brock Lesnar, Drew McIntyre, WrestleMania. I mean, this, this is, this is going to be a barn burner here. Um, the real question is just whether it's going to be on night one or night two, but, uh, you know, E, how you feeling about this match, bud? I'm happy because I'm glad that Brock Lesnar was able to make his way down from Canada and take care of this match. (laughs) Excuse me. I, I, excuse me. I want, I want McIntyre to win. I mean, I think he has all the believability, the credibility to win. And the, the power and the, 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 uh, momentum behind him I think Brock is again had a very non-exciting turbulent turbulent uh, just drudgingly boring run that has been over six months and Brock Lesnar himself has said multiple times well at least on one interview for sure that he doesn't care about all the championships he doesn't care about how many belts title belts and trophies and streaks he's had he just cares about the money in his bank account. It's about that do re me. And he's going to get that again. Which is interesting how the pay structure works different for these guys with a non-80 plus thousand crowd with everything that comes in with ticket sales and concessions to the place and royalties and everything else with that way. All that money that's getting left on the table because of this virus. Yeah, I mean, you know, WrestleMania is set to, I mean... They were set to make over $22 million between live gate and merchandise sales, you know, at Raymond James just in that one night alone. I mean, that's not even counting, you know, paid gates for TakeOver, Raw, SmackDown, Hall of Fame, all of which I'm sure have, you know, merchandise, you know, for purchase and WrestleMania access, which is even more. I mean, you know, this is they, they're losing a lot of money doing this and... I'm, you know, I, I am still, I still continue to remain on the fence as far as whether this was the, the right move to, to just go full steam ahead instead of postponing WrestleMania outright. Um, I, I'm, uh, one thing that I, I can say has me intrigued about WrestleMania this year and the way that they're doing it, especially deciding to press through is that, you know, I, I, we're seeing a, a little bit more of the entertainment side of sports entertainment. Um, you know, the beauty of pre-taped segments allows them to be a little bit more outlandish and to be a little bit more creative than you can be in a, in a live setting. And, and we'll certainly get to how that was on display, uh, you know, on, on SmackDown later in this episode. Um, but, you know, kicking off the show with Brock Lesnar and, and basically the, the promo given by Paul Heyman that, you know, Brock Lesnar is the certain, the certainty in uncertain times uh it, it just continues to be sheer excellence by raw's executive director and and a much more rejuvenated and creatively energized brock lesnar than we've seen in years new hairdo as well more a little slick back a little longer on top we also have you're not making fun of it are you because you know he'll 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 you know 
slap oh. you into last week and make you walk back to the present. That's fine. I can use an extra hundred thousand dollars right now in settlements. So <laughs> if I take a nice I slap your in back, the buddy. face, uh, yeah, I'll get you maybe a ten. No, 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 no. Let me ask you this: five percent of the total settlement, you get that, so you'll get five five thousand dollars. <laughs> why, why would I get five percent of the total set- settlement when the lawyer's going rate is thirty three? Because that's what I did. This friends discount, podcaster discount. Yeah, no, but I do have an interesting. Would you rather? Hmm. Would you rather be slapped in the face by Brock Lesnar or chopped by Walter? Uh, chopped, I guess. I hate getting my face touched. <laughs> See, I I think I'd have to go with the Lesnar slap. I'm asthmatic. Yeah, I would. I feel like Walter would collapse along. Your baby lungs, your little baby lungs. Baby, baby lungs in a great big world. That's little lungs, not baby lungs. Oh, yeah, little lungs in a great big world. Yeah. Little lungs in a That's great right. big world. Yeah. That's a reminder, everybody. Don't smoke crack. I mean, cigarettes. <laughs> or, yeah, or, or meth either. And if you watch Tiger King, you'll understand why. Um, anyway, yeah, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um, AJ Styles uh, challenges The Undertaker to a... Boneyard match. Boneyards, um, and the thing is, again, Tiger King continues to live in all of us because this reference actually makes a lot more sense now that I watch the show. AJ Styles called Taker a Gothic Tiger King, and I had not watched the show yet, and I was today years old when I made that connection about AJ's promo. So, um. Yeah, this is a big deal. So even WWE is uh, tapping into that Tiger King momentum. Um, it's always something. But, uh, it's always something. But yeah, but uh, bottom line, Undertaker AJ Styles Boneyard match. I don't think that anybody really knows what this is yet. And again, with WrestleMania, you know, being pre-taped and having to do it so quickly. Um, you know, WrestleMania being shot at multiple locales. I'm sure with shell with skeleton crews. Um, you know, all of these locations, but you know, what, what, when you think, or at least when you hear the words boneyard match, what immediately, yeah, I can't talk right now. Uh, I'm sorry. Boneyard match. I think, uh, yes, there's going to be caskets around the ring. Um, there might be a, a, they, like they did with the match with stone cold and undertaker back in the day. There might be like literal dirt filled up on a spot, which I think would be hard logistically. But I mean, they got all this space; they don't have anybody in the in the arena. So, so my my thing in in and put actual bones. There's bones. They put human bones, actual bones. I'm just kidding, fake bones. No, so so and and hear me out on this. I I like your take on. It. I was going an entirely different approach. I figure okay. With WrestleMania this year, it's going to be a little bit more on the theatrical side. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll come back and talk about this, but I say that because John Cena, Bray Wyatt, their match is going to be a Firefly Funhouse match. So I'm thinking that if they're if if they're going to take this time and take WrestleMania to just be okay, we're just going to put on the most over the top thing that we can, knowing that this is going to be taped. We've got a lot more that we can do creatively to take advantage of. I. Th- my first guess is that a boneyard match, at the very least, is going to be something that's kind of a no holds barred takes place, like on location at you know, 
something that they've set up to be a, a graveyard or a grave site. That's just kind of my first initial impression is that, you know, they why not ham it up and make these as theatrical as possible? Where's Matt Hardy when you need him, huh, Vince? Um, and, and trying to, you know, play into the, the supernaturalness of this, you know, given that they're just going to war with the army that they've, that they've got. Yeah. I, uh, I respect your take on it. I just, thank you. I also think they should have bones, have bones. They need bones. In well, obviously, the it's ring. implied. It's in the title. They need to make sure that AJ can take a big bone and beat it over Undertaker's head for the bone. Big bone. So the real question, who's winning this match? We can't do that yet. we got to save those predictions for the uh, for the WrestleMania pre-show. Okay. Right? You want you want to do, do official pre-show that has just nothing but those? Okay. Yeah. All right. I, okay. I can't give my predictions until the pre-show. That's like, I can't do it. I don't give my Royal Rumble prediction until the pre-show. I'm not going to give my SummerSlam prediction until the pre-show. And I'm not going to give my Survivor Series prediction until the pre-show. Same with the AEW Double or Nothing. If they do Blood and Guts, which we'll see, or All In, All Out, whatever they're going to call it this year in Chicago, I won't do it until the pre-show! Okay, Eric. Eric, okay. Moving on. Uh, Angel, eh. Yeah, we'll go into this one. Angel Garza and Andrade defeat Cedric Alexander and Ricochet. What went wrong here? I like Cedric Alexander. I like Ricochet. These are people that the internet went banana for. And they're the people that and, uh, they're literally so far buried into WWE's roster slash locker room slash creative bullcrap. They they can't yeah. dig themselves out. I mean, you could put a, a dynamic... Very talented duo together in Ricochet and Cedric Alexander who came in hot as hell into the WWE and have gotten ice cold and yeah, put I mean, this was, to the back This of was the, the guy that, you know, they're chanting, please sign Cedric at the, the Cruiserweight Classic a couple of years ago. And now it just, I, I don't know, it's it's definitely unfortunate. They, they, they seem to just have fallen out of favor with him and, and with Ricochet and Ricochet's been vocal about, you know, wanting to go back to to NXT because, you know, given given this, you know, quote unquote quiet demotion that Triple H has received to basically you are only in charge of NXT now, you know, why not? They're they're they get a little bit more freedom to to do things down there and, and they you know if it if it wasn't Over for there. Triple Over H there. and it if if it wasn't for Triple H and everything he's done with NXT, I'm not so sure they'd be able to pull off the empty arena stuff that they've done in the way that they've done it. Because it, 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 Triple H is full sale. Triple H is NXT. He is the performance center. This is his lifeblood. He has, you know, turned this into a a world class training facility. And and you know. All, all credit needs to be given to him for trying to make this work in the time frame that that he has. Um, I think, but yeah, I, I, I think feel my, absolutely go yeah, ricochet, go, go ricochet to NXT potentially, and if not, I think Ricochet is a prime candidate, one of those next guys this year to move on from WWE and potentially go over to AEW. Uh, and I for think sure. he would be amazing in AEW, but I would love to see Ricochet versus Finn Balor. Rivalry potentially down in NXT or over in NXT. 
They're just not doing anything with them. They've totally, they totally buried them, man. Buried them completely. Yeah, it's it's definitely unfortunate. I mean, and it's at it's at least at it's at least at the favor of you know people like Andrade and Angel Garza. They are trying to elevate new talent here. I mean, that's one thing that we have to give credit to Paul Heyman for is trying to, you know, trying to take talent that normally would not have gotten this shine uh, in the last few years and, and really giving them a spotlight. Um, you know, one big thing, just because we are talking about this match, I mean, Andrade United States champion, um, you know, Andrade and Garza get the win, at least on raw here. Um, but as we're kind of looking ahead towards WrestleMania, Andrade, uh, reportedly, at least at this point, from what we're hearing is pulled from WrestleMania at this point. So we may not see a United States title match, um, you know, at WrestleMania this year as part of one of the 16 or 17 matches. Um, but he, he is, uh, it's, it's looking like he will not be at WrestleMania. We'll have to double check that and confirm that, you know, in the days to come, but huge, huge loss. I mean, it does not appear to be Corona related, but, um, you know, still can't help but think, you know, what a bummer to not have Andrade on a, on a WrestleMania card. That is very unfortunate, and it doesn't seem like there's going to be a United States Championship match. But it won't be an excuse for them to push him on the pre-show, if there really can be a pre-show for what's going on this week, next weekend. Right. Like, it, it, it's weird because, you know, the pre-shows are, are – you already have it where the crowd's just kind of filling in and, and – trying to get warmed up and comfortable anyway i mean you know maybe a pre-show does work better here it it wouldn't surprise me if they try to but you know seven hours on both nights i mean this would be essentially if if we want to take into to account let's say that this is seven to eleven um on both nights so four hours each and then two hour pre-show both nights we're looking at 12 a 12 hour wrestlemania i mean that is bonkers We'll see how it goes. I'm interested. That could be another record breaker. 12 hours. And the hits just keep on coming. Vince McMahon is the 12-hour man. Call. He's going to be selling 12-hour energies. <laughs> Vince McMahon is the 12-hour man. That's funny. He's That's a make t-shirt a tw- right there. 12-hour show. Who's going to sit down and watch a 12-hour program unless they're at a music festival? Here's the thing. We're both going to watch all 12 hours of WrestleMania. Are we not? Yeah, I'm not going to watch it 12 consecutive hours. But, yeah. but I mean, I know, but it's still it's still a two-night event. But it's, the investment is 12 hours of your life into WrestleMania 36, you know? Yeah, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to watch that. And I'm going to watch uh, whatever else I can watch since I can't do anything except stay in this apartment you know what you should do lots of things but what i know that you've got wwe network but you should check out iwtv iwtv why not man i'll check it out IWTV is probably the coolest thing that isn't wwe network right now if i want to i can go watch old favorites of 
Kevin Owens of El Generico, John Moxley, Ricochet, Cedric Alexander, Keith Lee, Chris Dijakovic, better known as Dominic now, uh, Tommy N, better known as Aleister Black. I mean, all of the people that we're watching right now, we can watch all of their early stuff for 10 bucks a month. What's not to love about that? And no, this is not a commercial for IWTV. I just really, really like it. It's too good, man. You're funny. Thank you. You're funny guy there, Eric Robinson. Yeah. Mr. Thank you. Robinson. Mr. Robinson. Move it on real quick. We uh wanna wanna finish up Monday Night Raw here because we still have a lot of TV to talk about this week, buddy. Uh Street Profits taking on Shane Thorne and Brandon Vink. Basically, this was a match to make the Street Profits look good. Shane Thorne's still making his way back up the the uh NXT ranks now that he no longer has uh, Nick Miller from TM61 by his side. So it looks like they're throwing him back into the tag team division, but Street Profits continue to just just kill it. Um, at this point, I'm going to check real quick because I have not heard anything as far as an, a, a Raw tag team title match at WrestleMania, so we're going to just pull up the card here, see what it is that we got. Okay, yeah, so it was supposed to be uh, Street Profits taking on Andrade and Angel Garza, so that might still be up in the air. Who knows? Maybe we'll get some clarity uh, this upcoming Monday on Raw. Uh, Shannon Baszler, real cool interview segment with Michael Cole, basically continuing to tell people what a savage she is and that she is absolutely going to just rip Becky limb from limb. And then next thing we know, Becky comes in and blasts Shayna Baszler in the back with a chair mid-interview. Um, I'm excited for this match. Yeah, I mean, she won all Mike Tyson on her. She had it coming. She had it coming. Deserved it. The man does not get disrespected. But to hear our actual official prediction, tune in next week for the WrestleMania pre-show. And if she does... Exactly, to give the official prediction from Eric Ozio, the real prediction that you need to make sure you're keeping track of, Tune yeah. in to our next episode, episode and 26 episodes, of the Earth you know, Squared Circle podcast. Listen to episodes 1 through 24, Thank too, as well as the interviews. The most important um, prediction right here. anyway, um, probably in one of the more surprising WrestleMania matchups we're going to get, uh, we are going to see Aleister Black taking on Bobby Lashley. Um, yeah, I see that look on your face, and, and really, it's, it's again, it's the Ron... Okay, I, I may have missed this with everything that's going on. Yeah, you definitely missed this. Wasn't Bobby Lashley in a whole feud because he stole Lana from Rusev? And Rusev... Where, how's Aleister Black coming back into this? Uh, what now? Rusev, right now, uh, his contract is coming up with WWE, and at this point... Um, there at least is no indication on his end that he is willing to re-sign with WWE. Um, there, I think that a lot of people thought that this storyline with with Rusev and Lana and Bobby throwing Liv Morgan in the mix would uh, you know keep him happy. It puts him in a you know a prominent angle that Vince was was enjoying, but. You know, as such is life when they don't have the confirmation that, you know, somebody's going to resign with them. They just kind of drop it and, and let it go. Um, so Rusev, at least as far as, you know, most people know, is cooling out at home. Um, but it, the, the reason that we're getting this match is because 
it, it, it's the coronavirus. You know, what, what are two matches that usually happen at WrestleMania every single year, the last couple of years, without fail? Battle Royals. And those are the those are the one match. I mean, if you're going to have wrestling matches, wow. fine, sure. Yes. But you can't do those, at least not right now, anyway. So you know, the fact that we're not going to get the men's and women's battle royal, you know, yeah, battle royals. You know, they they've got to be able to fill those matches and fill that time with something. So you know, Alistair Black, Bobby Lashley is kind of just one of those things. I'm guessing that you know they feel is. Is a good way to, to do that. I mean, it's it's unconventional, sure, but we're in unconventional times, and and they're kind of they're working with what they got. Um, you know, uh, the, this definitely is out of left field, and both of these guys, I feel like, are guys that they're trying to showcase and display right now as it is. So it's going to be interesting to see who who takes the L here. That's for sure. Um, you know, maybe we'll see some more build to it. Uh, this upcoming Monday, but you know it's it's a little too early for me to give a prediction on this one right now. It's because you're not supposed to give a prediction until our official WrestleMania pre-show. It will be episode 26, leading up to WrestleMania this coming weekend, April 6th through the 7th. It's nice to see you so excited about the fact we made it to 25 episodes. Absolutely love it. Kevin Owens and Seth Rollins cut dueling promos on Monday Night Raw this week. What do you think? you think? Oh, okay. I get to start this time? Are you throwing shade at me? No, not at all. Not at all. Not one bit. Just because I don't want people to think that I start everything on this show, please be my guest. But, uh, yeah, so Seth Rollins is... I think that this is probably my favorite version of Seth Rollins that we've seen you know, in the last five years. What he's done to, you know, shift into this cult-like leader presence as far as the, you know, switching up the ring gear, the the leather jacket with the fur around it, the, you know, pulling his hair up into the man bun, the, the glove on the right hand, all of those things that kind of tie into the little touches and little details that, that make up this, this greater character. Um, his, his promo was... was sheer genius here last week if you ask me because you know he he basically calls himself the you know the the foundation of NXT he you know being in FCW that that was the the catalyst for developing the performance center and if it wasn't for him being part of that class that you know was part of the inaugural non competition NXT you know we wouldn't we we probably wouldn't see the push for people on the indies that we'd seen for so long and and we probably wouldn't have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn and Shinsuke Nakamura and Samoa Joe and Finn Balor here in in NXT or and in WWE if it wasn't for the performance center and everything that was built on the backs of a guy like Seth Rollins and for him to become this this just altruistically self-serving you know, cult like presence is some of the it, it it's just it works for him. It it's it's brilliant. He's he's kind of you know, he, he it's almost like he's gone off of the deep end and and it's just so believable. That's just me. What do you think? Yeah, he always has massive amounts of emotion in his promos and his shows and his build up, so yeah, I mean he's a major reason why NXT got 
uh, you know, as much steam as heat as it did coming out of it. And then when he comes out, it's like, oh, what's coming out of this NXT product? A lot of great things still. So, yeah. Yeah. And it, it's it's only getting it's only getting better. And, you know, this this is definitely a match that is going to exceed a, a lot of. And you can say, honestly, if we're being completely objective here as fans of the in-ring product, several of the last several takeovers have had the best match of the weekend compared to anything else in the WWE. Oh, yeah. I'm not saying that the overall shows were always better, just purely because they're shorter, much, much shorter. But they have the weekend stealing match. Like anybody can have a show stealing match. They all have their set, like Vince and the production guys and creatives all have their matches that they think are going to be potential show stealers. But like they ain't stealing no weekend. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely not. And, um, you know, one thing we haven't talked about yet and, and, you know, maybe we can touch on this when we get to NXT in a little bit is, is the, the fate of this year's, takeover in Tampa um you know but uh to to wrap up Monday night raw real quick um Randy Orton closing the show um essentially accepting the challenge of a last man standing match um at at WrestleMania Orton has accepted this I, I could not have imagined a better return for Edge as far as a build to WrestleMania storyline, and you know thinking about dream opponents. If you, I Randy would have been on this list somewhere for sure, um, but I don't necessarily know that he would have been my first choice as far as a feud. But now that he has everything that they've done with it, has just been it's been spectacular. Um, you know, the inclusion of Beth Phoenix and, and, uh, you know, using the, the final dates on Matt Hardy's contract to kind of drive this story further along either. I mean, that, that speaks volumes as well, given the history between Matt Hardy and, and Edge. Um, and I mean, obviously, you know, time heals all wounds. They're good. But this has been, this has been great and they've adapted very well to, uh, the empty arena environments and yeah I, I cannot wait to see what they have in mind for this match knowing that they get to to have some some fun in a in a taped environment very experienced with each other they seem to like each other but Randy yeah he's just a he's a he's a freaking snake he's a freaking snake he likes to hurt old people. Yes. <laughs> you know the, you know that's from right. I like to hurt old people. The, this is wrestling. Yes. God, I love that YouTube video. You should check out this is wrestling. Uh, what's his name? Why can't I think of his name? The guy that made it. It's good though. Talks about the yeah wrestling life of Triple H coming up in the uh, ranks. It's pretty funny pretty good pretty telling yeah kind of slaps all you fake haters in the face if you think wrestling is fake i strongly recommend you watching this not that you think that it's fake but that's what you like to call it you like to call yeah. it fake i strongly recommend you watch this is wrestling 
on YouTube. I can't remember the the guy that created its name. Actually, I'm about to look this up right now because I I feel like I'm not doing my part, and I want to do that for my people, the podcast people. And when you find that, post it on the uh, just throw it up on Facebook, bud. Just just yeah, because this this really was kind of the coolest way to sum up wrestling if you're new to it and have never watched it before because yeah half of what is presented to you makes absolutely no sense but in wrestling they write the rules of the world and and that's kind of cool yeah yeah i love it it's not the same as other entertainments but it's also very similar it is you know what there were a couple of things this week that were supposed to happen this week one of them was opening day in Cincinnati. I'm a little sad. I'm a little sad. Ah, ah, I found it. And I am sad. I am sad that I can't start watching the pennant race for my Reds to go and win the World Series this year because I think they will, knock on wood. Anyways, I was misquote. I misquote myself. Let me go back. We're going back. It's called Wrestling Isn't Wrestling by Max Landis. It's about a 25-minute video on the wrestling life of one uh, Hunter Est. Hunter. Hunter Hurst. Helms. Helmsley. Helmsley. Hunter. 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 Yeah. Hunter Hurst. Helmsley. I should. I know that. I just can't talk right now. It's really good. And again, if you're one of those people that hates wrestling or just is laughs at it and thinks it's absolutely ridiculous... I know you're out there. There's many of you out there. And if you're somehow somehow listening to us right now, we're strongly encouraging you to watch this YouTube video. Currently it's a lot has of views. It's a lot of views. three and a half million views. Let's bump those numbers up a little bit. That's a rookie number. So let's get them up. Let's get, it's a lot of views, but let's get them up. Let's get up a few more views. It's a lot of views for a 25-minute video. I'll just say that. Very good, though. Very funny. Check it out. You know what else was supposed to happen this week? What? Blood and guts. Blood and guts. I wanted some blood and guts. I right. wanted to see Dean Ambrose defend his AEW championship for the first time. Yeah, and I was ready to see the old school uh, Games of War cage make its make its return with the roof and everything. Yeah, that's what I. I'm having a hard time. I want to be entertained. I am want to be entertained. And you know what? I'd like to think that Tony Khan and company did a pretty good job of that this week. What do you say? Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty good show. What'd you think? I mean, I if we're... It, you know what? Actually, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Uh, so far, we have seen several weeks of empty arena shows between both of the major North American promotions. Who's doing it better right now? AEW or WWE? AEW just because there's not as much so less to criticize <laughs> I agree with you but for different reasons um, one thing that has helped out AEW just humble opinion is they're you know they also have the advantage of using their own essentially in-house facility to to you know shoot their shoot their content because of their affiliation with the Jags. 
Same thing with WWE and the Performance Center. However, Daly's Place is a lot bigger than the Performance Center. So they can still have a lot of the big show elements as far as, you know, pyro and bigger light shows, things like that. Have um, choirs come out and sing you know, then before WWE Jericho can. enters. Exactly. Like, they, they, they have a bigger space in which they can do that. That's um, great. And... I like that AEW at least had AEW talent in the crowd um, just because it, it gives you a little bit of something. And you it's basically vignettes going on all around the ring. And that's a great way to just get additional content and really kind of stretching and making the most of the time in which you're taping your shows. Um, WWE... I, I, you know, I credit them for kind of looking at their own individual setup and finding tweaks to make it work because just looking at empty arena wasn't doing it and, you know, switching the positioning of the hard cam as well um, to draw away from the fact that it, you know, it's empty arena. We, you know, we know it. We don't want to be reminded of it. Um, but they've, you know, started adding the light towers, you know, where the crowd would be to try to create different visuals as well. Um, but I think simply for the fact that AEW has had workers and talent in the, you know, in the audience and using social distancing, but doing cool stuff with each one of them and getting them all involved in the show individually in the best way that they can does give them the, the upper edge, you know, here, if you ask me. And, and this week really wasn't, you know, wasn't any, any difference. Um, we had, uh, Cody and Jimmy Havoc. And, um, you know, great match. Cody continues to just be the, the ultimate baby face that the world wants him to be. He's the just, yeah, yeah. He's a, he's, he's a good brother. He's a good brother. Um, but this, this match where he goes over Jimmy Havoc, I mean, it's, it's really more to tease the, uh, you know, impending match between him and Lance Archer with, with Jake, you know, at, at ringside. So, um, you know what? What do you think about the the Jake the Snake Lance Archer parent, bud? Uh, I don't know. I don't really have a opinion on it at this point. It's kind of just happening, but it's nice to see Jake the Snake yeah. out and promoting. And I feel like I I, I, I feel yeah living. I was kind of maybe a little underwhelmed by who he was pushing, but. Maybe it can be a start of. Do you think it was going to be Brody Lee? Yeah, I thought it was potentially going to be Brody Lee, but you know, Brody Lee is the exalted one. He's the leader of the Dark Order, so. And we'll come back to what he did later in the night. That's cool, and uh, oh, I'm just happy to see Jake the Snake doing stuff about talking mad crap, pushing somebody. You know, getting his getting his name out there that way. Hopefully, he'll represent other people, and it'll lead to a fulfilling ringside career for sure you know and, and i know that a lot of people are worried about okay well is you know getting back into the world of wrestling even in this limited capacity where you're not taking bumps not doing any of that you know what is that going to do for his uh his substance abuse and and his sobriety and and you know all of the things that have you know plagued him over the years and you know i i think that you know, with with the the sheer amount of support of people that you know he has in AEW, you know the the connections there. I mean, you you know, especially I would I would have to imagine Cody plays a big part in this because we do see a lot of people that have ties to Jake's Jake's heyday, 
and I think that they, you know, that that's a locker room that's going to look out for and support each other. And I, I don't see them, you know, letting him, letting him fail. Um, you know, so I, I'm just glad that we're getting to see more of Jake, and and he's just one of the best to ever do it on a stick, and and to have him, you know, using that to push, you know, especially a guy like Lance Archer. I'm all for it. You know, it's 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 gonna be just it's just a matter of when we're gonna get this clash as a as opposed to if. We had Damascus Hardy turn up to face Le Champion, Chris Jericho. Give me your thoughts. Yes. So I liked this showdown. I liked this confrontation. Matt Hardy is just such a creative, creative, creative guy um, that this this really, at least for me anyway, I en- I enjoyed this segment. I, I liked not having the crowd, you know, kind of hijack it from them. Um, that's why I thought that his debut was more impactful without a crowd last week as opposed to Brody Lee's where he definitely needed that, that hometown pop that he was going to get to kind of tie all this in. Um, but with Matt Hardy he's already already used to doing stuff out of the box as it was. So for this to be an empty arena, just showdown confrontation, it wasn't necessarily out of the realm for, you know, somebody like Matt Hardy to say he's going to do. I think that the one thing that was just absolutely cheesy and there was really going to be no way of getting around it was the, 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 the transportation or not transportation, but the, uh, yeah, I guess transportation is a better word. You know, kind of hopping from, you know, top of the arena down to different rows until he found himself in the ring. I mean, it's clear that that was taped. You know, that's that's one of those little things I guess I should suspend reality on, but it, it just it looked cheesy. You know, other than that kind of, you know, 10 seconds of that segment, um, I really enjoyed it. You know, Matt Hardy, Chris Jericho is not a feud that we've necessarily seen one-on-one anywhere in wrestling, you know, ever over the years. And both of these guys have, you know, nearly a half a century between the two of them as far as wrestling experience. So I, I think that we're going to see some really special stuff between Chris Jericho and Matt Hardy. I mean, um, they're both insanely creative guys, and they're both guys that know how to reinvent themselves as the situation requires. So I, I really hope that we see a... a long-standing rivalry between these two maybe you know slide Jericho out of the the world title picture um and and you know just have a solid you know this is a solid main event feud it's just not you know for the for the championship we also had the appearance second appearance of the exalted one one Brody Lee I was hoping to kind of speak on this what we saw with Brody Lee uh in this uh episode of AEW with no crowd we see the exalted one having dinner with his two low-ranking uh, dark editor members, Reynolds and Silver. He's not nice. He's very crotchety uh, with the low-ranking members. One of them, uh, crotchety, you crotchety. Say. Yes, I say crotchety. And he instructs Silver to leave. He shoes him away after he eats prior to Brody Lee eating which is not acceptable to do in front of the exalted one. And then Reynolds <laughs> sneezes 
at the dinner table, which <laughs> obviously at th- That's a this time of a virus, it's like you cannot sneeze anywhere near the exalted one. He shows him a w- the door to leave the dinner, uh, really kind of establishing the exalted one is kind of an asshole. Uh, definitely, hopefully, getting that negative reaction from the crowds when they return eventually this year. Uh, so you know who that was supposed to be? I do. Pl- you know, okay. I do, okay. and I was going to get to that. It was. It's possible that it's rumored that it showed that this is a shade at one Vince McMahon that he would get uppity and angry uh, if people would eat prior to him, and getting upset mm-hmm. at sneezes when people sneeze in attire around him. Um, and he would get very angry, and he would get very uppity with these people. Unless you're his daughter. Yeah, you can do anything you want if you're Stephanie. But it is... not. I mean, not necessarily. I'm, 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 being, she, I'm being facetious, but yes, I mean, she can get away with what she, she wants. Yeah, she's she, she's talked about the sneeze thing. Um, so we know that that's definitely true. And she has admitted to sneezing in front of her father, and... Because, you know, hey, it's 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 your daughter. He's not going to be, you know, he's not going to be that guy. But uh, he is going to, you know, grimace. And if just, we're doing an interview, if we're like we were we were on we're on record talking to Chris Van Vliet saying that the one interview that he would want to do is the one with Vince McMahon. Let's say he or one of us yeah. before Vince McMahon uh, not dies because we know he never he's never going to die. But when he stops doing the WWE, is he going to give any interviews to to the I likes mean, of us? And if one of us sneezes in front of him, like, what if we have to sneeze? I know that, like, I try to get rid of a sneeze. If it's a situation, it's like you cannot sneeze. You try to raise the eyebrows. You try to. You just don't. You just don't you do just, it. Like, breathe like through your mouth. Like, don't sneeze. Don't sneeze. Don't do it. You run out of the room is what you do, <laughs> but you don't sneeze in front of Vince McMahon. Like, I mean, honest, honest to goodness, run. But it's said that there's rumored that Brody Lee was definitely not liked by Vince McMahon. Brody Lee was Luke Harper at the time that he was win- in WWE. He was a former member of the Wyatt so family. So much promise for those guys. Yeah, I mean, really a lot of promise, really was excited. I was always a big Luke Harper fan, so it's disappointing to hear that Vince potentially just never got on board. But it's good to see him as the exalted one. He has to be an yep. asshole. We want to see this asshole. But again, people are still going to be endearing to him because... He's just a worker. He works his ass off, and he's got the moves. He's he's a good moving big man. Yeah, he is. But yeah, overall, I thought AEW was again pretty good for what it was and for what you can do without a crowd there. Because I feel like AEW, especially after Moxley winning the championship, they were really amped up. Uh, they get amped for Moxley. They get amped for Le Champion. They're still singing. Like I'm missing all the, the singing during Judas. Like I want to hear people screaming, Judas said, Judas said my mind. I'm missing that immensely. I want to hear all that. You're beautiful on the inside. What? You're beautiful on the inside. Judas said, Judas said my mind. God, I miss it. Your innocence personified personified and I'm as cold as December snows and I know that the salt in dough and then you drag me down and drag me out right up God I love it it's so good check it out if you this it's edition number of three, karaoke number is three to you by the on the Sparkle rock Show. charts right now on Apple iTunes 
Judas by Fozzie. Numero Trace, you say? It was at least like two, two, three weeks ago. I don't know if it still is, but it was on the rock yeah, charts playing it. It's an excellent song. It's his, it's his uh, entrance music. Gets the whole crowd going. It it's is. great. It's good stuff. Boom, 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 boom. Just uh, hits it. I love it. I love you, Chris Jericho. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> anyway, on the flip side of the Wednesday Night War, we had NXT this week, and NXT has been taking a a uh, different approach to the uh, to the Rona, basically. Um, the last couple of weeks, we've seen them preview Champa and Gargano. Again. Um, you know, devo- devoting you know most of the most of the two hours to that rivalry. Um, that was something that you know in in the initial you know in in the initial watching of it. You know, just kind of why why are they doing this? I don't necessarily want to see this. But, you know, this is one of the greatest rivalries in, in WWE slash NXT history. And for them to kind of get time to, to put this together, um, you know, I'm, I'm all, I'm all Question for is, it. Question is, will I'm this all be for the it. end of this rivalry? They're putting so much into it. Is it the crescendo that will be the end of this rivalry that's been friendship, rivalry, friendship, rivalry? Now rivalry again. So, so it's just like... So here's, here's how this... Here's how this story is coming to a close. Because at this point, William Regal is tired of it. Triple H has now had to step in. Uh, basically, in about a week and a half's time, we are going to see Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa have have a one-on-one match. Triple H is going to find an empty building, put a ring in it, going to text them an address, they're going to show up, and they're going to have a match. Um, you know, this is, this is something that... Um, you know they're they're just trying to work with the hand that they're dealt. You can't have a traditional crowd, which is what you need for Gargano versus Champa anytime that they're here. So they're gonna they're gonna have a more cinematic, theatrical effect to it. Uh, if I if I had to imagine um, to this match, um, and and this ties into what we've heard about Takeover since we were gonna come back to that um, Takeover. From what I'm hearing, is going to be. Uh, all, all the matches are taped and they're just going to be kind of inserted into NXT tapings over the over the next couple of weeks. Um, you know, obviously this information kind of varies and changes, you know, by the day just, you know, because those are that's the new crazy normal that we're that we're in right now. Um, so this is this is, you know, not quite the end to this that I thought I would see. Um, however, we do need to to point out that to close this segment, there was a slight, slight interruption. Um, I don't know if you've heard of this guy, dude, but uh, his name's Killer Cross. You know, had a, uh, had a nice little trailer um, to, to cut off Gargano and Champa and Triple H in the in the final moments of this segment. Um, so Killer Cross is is going to be here sooner rather than later. Um, you know, I don't know if this will be something that we see him, you know, getting involved in this in this empty building, you know, kind of no holds barred, unsanctioned fight. Um, and if so, you know, is this going to be something against Johnny against Champa? You know, what what are we going to see here? Um, you know, what, 
what do you think about the fact that we're kind of we are in the the last legs of this Tommaso Champa rivalry? Um, you know, what what are your thoughts on on you know what what we're kind of being teased with right now? I don't know. TBD. I am intrigued. You don't. I don't really know what to make of it. I don't have an opinion on it. Is that allowed? Am I allowed to do that? No. Too bad I don't have one. I don't have one. Well, okay. Um, What do you think based on what I've told you? Don't do that. Dude, I'm going crazy, okay? I'm going crazy all cooped up in here. You're going to have to give me a break. I know. I'm it's, crazy it's right now. It's not easy. I'm losing. I that, might have to make That thing a... that I put on our page where Ric Flair and Mr. Perfect are all like, yeah, yeah, we're chill. We're the we're the four horse, but we're cool. And then seven and days And then later, after that like, match, yeah. Ah, 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 blood all over Ric Flair's face. Yeah. Mr. Perfect doesn't even know where the, his hair is changed color. He doesn't know where he is. I'm getting, I'm already past that point, man. I'm already past that point. I am insane. I know. I know. I don't think you know. That's okay. I don't think you know. You have no opinion. It's fine. Moving on to NXT. Tyler Breeze defeats Austin Theory. Um, okay. I, I, I guess that... Uh, I guess that's fine. I mean, this is an interesting rivalry... Austin Theory is is definitely part of that next wave of just transcendent NXT talent that we're going to see. I mean, guy's only 22 years old and has just he's got the entire world in front of him. Tyler Breeze, NXT OG, um, you know, so anytime that he is in between those black and yellow ropes, it's always going to be something special. I really like the chemistry between the two of these guys. Um, I, I think that this it, it's been cool to use Tyler Breeze in this capacity as far as working with a younger talent. And he's doing it in a way that he doesn't look like a a jobber. You know, it was different on the main roster with Fandango, or I guess I should say it was different on Raw and SmackDown with with Fandango. Um, it or Breezango. Gosh, okay, yeah, yeah. I'm getting cabin fever here. Breezango. It was different on SmackDown. Yeah, it was different on Raw and SmackDown with Breezango. Um, but here, Tyler Breeze has always, always shined, um, and and he is one of the few people that that is on the short list of, you know, people that should have been NXT champion, you know, during during their stays at Full Sail, and I I firmly believe that, you know, he would have been an incredible NXT champion. But um, anyway, I, I I like the fact that he's being used in this in this capacity. Uh, making Austin Theory look like a million bucks, but at the same time, you know, not looking like like a, a scrub himself. Yeah. One hundred percent. I don't yep. like seeing I, I, Tyler Breeze. I always enjoyed individually, you know, Tyler Breeze with his selfie stick with the the fur going around it. I miss that. I miss the simplicity of it. Seeing Tyler Breeze right. enter the Rumble. And then, you know, laying on the ropes, taking pictures with the selfie. Because he's so beautiful. Tyler Breeze. He's perfect. He's so beautiful. He's everything you wish you could be. But you aren't. You need to deal with that. Yeah. <laughs> Bet you didn't expect anyway, that. Anyway, moving on. 
didn't expect that now, did no. you? Did you? I didn't. You always keep me on my toesy. Right on. Right on. Moving on. Malcolm Bivens has finally made his NXT debut, um, managing a new tag team that had a run-in with the uh, with with the or Matt Riddle, one half of the Bruiserweights, I should say. Um, Bruiserweights. I mean, from from kind of the initial looks of them, you know, they're they're a, a big big Bruiser tag team, um, very reminiscent of. Excuse me, like, you know, three-minute warning, Waltz Moans, just kind of that big, burly tag team. Um, it's cool just because, you know, I don't know if you play any NXT Supercard E, but I've had a Malcolm Bivens uh, card for a while and have not known who this guy was. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of how he finds himself, you know, making his way into the into the fold, um, you know, going forward. Um, they just did, and it's cool to see that. Yeah, managers are coming back. They you did know? some work on Riddle. I mean, he fought back for a bit. They really did, but there's beating on him, boots, punch in the face. Yeah, and of course, barefoot Riddle. He's just, you know, he's just getting beat around by these guys. This new tag team. Yeah, Malcolm Bivens. That's the name of the team. Bivens. Malcolm Bivens. Think Bell Bib DeVoe. Malcolm Bivens is the name of this team. No, that's the name of their manager. Oh. Interesting. Yeah. There. So I'm watching this recap video right now of this so this this team is unnamed at this point right now. But all right, Malcolm Bivens, it's cool. New new characters to have some fun with. You know, another manager to to add into the fold, which is which is cool. Um so yeah, we'll see. But obviously, you know, things are about to get a little tougher for the browser weights from from here on out. That's for sure. Um, yeah, looks like it. But uh, anyway, some of the uh, some of the quick hits as far as you know wrapping up NXT this week: uh, Keith Lee, Dominic Dajakovic, and Damian Priest, aka or FKA Punishment Martinez, triple threat match for the North American Championship coming up next week. Um, Candice LeRae is uh, has qualified for the women's championship number one contender ladder match. Oni Lorcan and Danny Birch defeated Shane Thorne and Brand and Brendan Vink. Forgive me. Um, Killian Dane wins an extended squash. Uh, Cameron Grimes defeating Tony Nice. Um, it and. It just seems different. NXT is definitely making the best of the the current situation, you know, much like everybody else really is. But it, it just seems like they're not firing on all cylinders like they used to anyway um, when it comes to how their shows used to run with, with full crowds on Thursday or on Wednesdays. Um, you know, am I, am I crazy in, in that sentiment or what do you think, bud? No, I don't think you're crazy. Thank I, you. I think you're a little crazy here and there, but not on that. Cool. Nothing else you want to add to that? I don't know. I don't have anything for you. Somebody, 
somebody's getting sleepy. I am getting a little sleepy. It's past. It's well, lucky for you, we're on. To, we're on to SmackDown. It's cool. We're we're almost there. We're almost there. And I think that this is this is clocking in at a pretty lengthy podcast for for us. Um, we're at about yeah hour and forty five minutes at this point. This is definitely one of the longest ones we've done. But hey, what else do we have? We're bored. We're, we're bored. Okay. God damn. Yeah. Sorry. I've watched Elite Tiger King 13 Reasons Why on Netflix, so I guess I should, uh, you know, do something different for a change. But let us know what you're watching on Netflix. Let us know on our uh, on our Facebook page. We're all in this together. We're in it together. Yeah, we are. Yes. But moving on, Friday Night Smackdown. Um, I got to say, this is... Probably been one of my favorite empty arena episodes of of any WWE programming so far, um, because it, it seemed like this was really the episode that they took some chances creatively when it came to the fact that they're pre-taped. Um, first things first, Sasha and Bailey come out um, to to kick off the show. We we see the seeds being sown for a, a Sasha Banks babyface turn and, and looking hesitant to kind of co-sign, you know, some of the stuff that, that Bailey is saying, uh, you know, just before, before being interrupted. Um, you know, I, I, I would hope my ultimate, my ultimate hope here is that we will finally see this be the beginning of the Bailey versus Sasha storyline that we've wanted for the last five years to take place at SummerSlam. You know, there, there's no reason for these two to not have that opportunity to tell that kind of story. We've seen babyface Bailey heal Sasha before. Let's see them flip the script here and see how they do it, um, you know, on a, on a big four pay-per-view. You know, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Becky's not a part of it really anymore, and Bailey and Sasha have always had this friendship, and they were tagged the first tag team women's champions. Let's get some. We they had were. Some, we've had some mean Sasha for a while. Let's get some nice Sasha going going for us right now. Yeah, and and the thing is, this this heel turn that she's done it it's really been, um, it's really been underwhelming since she made her return. You know that that was kind of the initial pop there, but it seems like it's only kind of gone downhill more or less. And I, I really kind of thought that, you know, Bailey and Sasha would just kind of become this white hot heel tag team but we really haven't even seen that and I just don't think it's resonated but um, I, I think that right now as far as between the two of them Bailey is playing the better heel let her have that role let them work their match at SummerSlam and and you know give people what they finally wanted to see for the last five years and what we know they can deliver on that you know on a stage like that if if given the proper time. Absolutely. We also had Drew Gulak defeating Shinsuke Nakamura in a one-on-one match after a jackknife pin. Decent match. Yeah, you don't see that very often. It's an interesting little nugget you have there. Just feather in the cap for Mr. Gulak. 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 Can, can I just say how much I've enjoyed Daniel Bryan wanting to work with people that you know may not normally get the extended television time that they have um you know using Rowan as his heater now the the unlikely partnership with um 
with with Drew Gulak. This is just textbook Daniel Bryan, and he's he's just a true student of the game, and I'm I'm loving everything that he's that he's doing right now. I mean, you know, I, I enjoyed the matches with um with Daniel Bryan and Drew Drew Gulak going one on one. However, I think that um you know, using them as a team right now to build a, a really cool WrestleMania angle has has been something. That's that's for sure. And and you know, Gulak's always been a heck of a talent and a heck of a hand. And I'm glad to see that he's getting you know the rub of working with a you know four time world champion. He deserves it. <laughs> yes, he does. You're right there. I uh yeah, just a tickle in my throat. I uh. Moving on just in SmackDown, the final thing that we're going to talk about here on our show here at the Eric Squared Circle podcast, Dolph Ziggler was just shown speaking on the phone backstage uh, before Otis and Tucker busted in there on Ziggs, poor and Otis. Uh, one, Zig wanted to embarrass him. What is that about? Yes. Well, um, we got serious Otis. We got some serious Otis. We, we do. We do, and this was, you know, th- this has been one of the few story storylines that can, continues to to entertain um, on SmackDown is the love tri- triangle between Odie, Otis, uh, Odie, mm-hmm. Odie, 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 Otis, Otis, Mandy, and Dolph. Um, just just because we are getting real drama, we're getting a real three act structure more or less um, out of this story. And with uh, with with Mandy finally showing some some compassion for for Otis and everything that he has done for her, and and basically saying, you know, yeah, you need to lay off of him. Um, you know, I think that you know we're gonna see Dolph finally get his comeuppance here. Um, you know, I I don't see a reason why why uh, you know Otis should not walk away the victor in this story with the girl. Why not? Match. You know, let's 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 have some fun with it. You know, um, I mean, he's just Dolph watch. is Dolph is expendable <laughs> at this point when it comes to determining who goes over and who doesn't at WrestleMania. At they they've basically made had, that clear. I think at this point, Dolph has basically committed himself just to being a guy that puts other people over because he has no desire to like build his his brand and his his creative outside of the WWE who clearly has no interest in pushing him in any direction that would be mainstream. Well, that's the thing. He, he does. I mean, he's got the stand-up career, and right. he's got, talking, you know, the... the specifically. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. We're never going to get the real answer on, you know, what goes through somebody's head when they decide, you know, whether or not to re-sign with WWE, but he's definitely one of the more... Per- yeah, one of the more perplexing cases in in wrestling, to say the least. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, we saw. But, um, just to we saw the new turd song. We heard the new turd song by Elias talking about King Corbin, still the king. Bruh, Great song. Yeah, I, top of the charts. Top of the charts. Top of the charts. Yeah, it's gonna beat out that uh, Vietnamese hand washing song that John Oliver had on a few weeks ago. Now that's a banger. Way better than that because we all know it's just speaking truth of King the King being a massive turd. He's a turd. King Corbin, sure. that is. Yes, he I don't is. Like him. We're moving on. Yes, he is. One of my favorites, if not still my favorite, Alexa. No, we we can't move on from this one real quick, man. Why? No, it's, it's talking about a turd. Be- it's a turd. 
Yeah, no, but did you not see the end of the segment? If you saw the end of the segment, you know why I didn't want to move on from this just yet. Well, he knocked. Do you remember the end of the segment? Elias off the elevated stage. Yes, thank you. That's kind of a big deal. Yeah, that's kind of a big deal. That's and, and the thing is, ladies and gentlemen, he's looking at the notes right in front of him as far as the show, and it says, you know, clearly. If we're going to break the fourth wall here, WWE using no audience to their advantage to pull off more entertaining elements. That's what we saw here. I mean, yeah, it's obvious that, you know, Elias, you know, fell and landed on a crash pad or something, but I just really liked that this was a, this was an attempt to bring a little bit more entertainment into it because, you know, you, you've got to work on the fly. You, you can't do your traditional, show knowing that you got an audience that you need to keep busy and productive you know between between segments you know on live tv so um yeah no that was that was just just really cool um i i'm sorry i will uh yeah i'll let you talk about little miss bliss but we are we are in the home stretch here oh i wasn't gonna say a whole lot just uh i you know i'm still she's so great she's just so good i love her i mean i don't Crushing i don't love her, love her but i mean she's pretty great yeah, you do. Uh, uh, defeated Oscar. Someone's got a crush. I don't have crushes anymore, dude. I don't have crushes. They don't exist. Thank you. Someone has an infatuation. Nope. No, I don't. I do not. I admire her from afar. Nikki Cross was on commentary for that match. Okay. And she made Michael Cole a little uncomfortable. It seemed like wild all kinds of out. Yeah. She seems to be good at that. Even I kind of felt like. Yeah, you should be social distancing at least a little bit. But was that the joke that she was trying to convey? That it's a joke. I I just don't think we should be joking I, I about don't, this stuff right now. Not yet. I definitely want to joke about it. Yeah. But people are gonna freak out. Yeah, because I mean, people are already kind of you know criticizing WWE for oh they're still gonna have WrestleMania. Like why are they doing that? They're putting people at stake. Um, you know, and and uh, that's definitely true to a degree. Isolation and everything is key, and they are trying to do. You know, the best that they can to, you know, continue to do their jobs. I mean, much like most people are, um, you know, in, in this country. Um, I, I think that, you know, I, I wouldn't have been too big on the the hugging and, and being part of it unless, you know, they were totally comfortable with it. And we see WWE kind of, you know, taking pot shots and poking fun at things that, you know, are are, are mainstream right now. And, of course, this is... This is no different. Um, you know, I, I don't think that I would have done it just yet. That's just me. But, you know, uh, Alexa getting the win here. It looks like we're probably going to be getting uh, Kabuki Warriors taking on um, Alexa Bliss, Nikki Cross, Women's Tag Team Titles at WrestleMania. Um, just to just to round out, um, you know, kind of the, the WrestleMania updates. Uh, Miz and Morrison taking on uh, the Usos and the New Day in a triple threat ladder match announced on SmackDown last night for the SmackDown Tag Team titles. And uh, we don't know when they're going to address this or make this part of the story, but Roman Reigns is out of WrestleMania um, at this point, given you know the, the fact that he's fought leukemia on multiple occasions, not taking any chances uh, with, with COVID-19. Can't say I blame him. Um, from what we know, Braun Strowman will be replacing 
Roman at WrestleMania to take on Goldberg for the world title. Um, dude, this brings a lot of questions. Um, you know, I, I think the first question is, you know, do we see Braun Strowman get his, his moment at WrestleMania? A question that I unfortunately cannot answer on this episode 25 of the Eric Squared Circle podcast. Now the longest episode really? that we have ever had. Uh, so if you stuck with us at this point, thank you so I think much. we have eclipsed that point, um, yeah. We will be having our episode 26 that come out this week prior to WrestleMania. I am excited yes. to see what Braun can do. So you're just going to – so you have no thoughts yet on, can't, on Roman? Can't, can't. Oh, I mean, yeah, I think that's a good idea ultimately just not to risk him. Uh, and since they love him so much, I mean, because they do, probably shouldn't put True. your favorite commodity – an asset talent to uh, potentially getting sick and risking his long-term, long, long-term health. For sure. Yeah, and and especially because the first time that he went away to, to fight leukemia, you know, for the second time, we weren't even sure that we would have Roman Reigns back now. Um, you know, I, I think that a lot of people thought that that might potentially be the end of his his career, unfortunately, it wasn't. Um, but if you want, if this is the guy that is going to be the face of your company for at least the next five to five to ten years, um, you know, they, they they can't be too careful with him. I mean, I know that there are other stars that uh, are are quarantining. Um, you know, I've heard I've heard uh, Dana Brooke, Rey Mysterio. Um, you know, Dana Bryan is trying to self isolate as best as he can as well. Um, you know, everybody, everybody's trying to, trying to take precautions and, and, you know, good on Roman for deciding that that's what he needed to do for him. Um, you know, so yeah, that's, that is basically ladies and gentlemen, our uh, show, nine, nine hours of TV and he kind of cut out there, bud. Yeah. It's about that. It's about two hours. I'd say it's about like 13 hours of TV. Maybe it's a little less obviously for the know how shows but yes we are the eric squared circle podcast we're both named eric we both like talking about the squared circle on our podcast hey how you doing we do i got nothing else to say i love talking to you eric let's talk again very soon wrestlemania coming up episode 26 absolutely it's it's been a been a great chat as always e this episode uh has been brought to you by well us because we're we're not that popular yet but not yet we're going places 25 episodes down 25 to go bud how you feeling not sick at all i feel great wonderful it's yes. i just like saying that it is thank you so much for for eric ozio i'm eric robinson we'll talk to y'all next week bye Hey everyone, thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Eric Squared Circle Show. If you liked what you heard, take a quick second to leave us a review, and if it's a five-star, we'll read it on the air. We really want to hear from you guys, so if you have a question, trivia, interview ideas, or any other suggestions, we want to hear them. Shoot us an email at ericsquaredcircle at gmail.com. And don't forget, you guys are the reason that we do this show. It's the ultimate show by Smarks for Smarks, so what's not to love? Let's keep the discussion going on Twitter using the hashtag E2SC and join our server on Discord. Last but not least, subscribe to our YouTube channel and make sure you turn on notifications because you'd be crazy to miss anything it is that we're doing right now.